0: welcome to what words about technology and tools i'm your host greg dudek and i'll be talking to you about scientific experiments technological innovations and hacks that you can try at home Today I'm going to talk about how to hack the Linksys WRT54G wireless router to turn it into a fully programmable Linux box that you can use for various things, including a highly customized version of the same router or router. So the the Linksys WRT54G, it's going to be a very popular device for uh, home hacking. And uh, the underlying reason for that is is that they use the Linux operating system inside this router to to make the whole thing run rather than writing a completely customized software from scratch. This uh, this gave Linksys a big advantage in terms of being able to base the device on a very robust, highly refined uh, set of software that's been worked on for many many years by the Linux community. But one of the um, uh, requirements as a function of using Linux is that you have to put the entire source code. Uh, out there for people to uh, get access to. And uh, so people figured out, given that source code, they figured out how to get inside the router, electronically speaking, and download their own software to replace the software that comes on the router and thus change the functionality of the router. And this is probably a good thing for, for Linksys because it opens up their router to a larger, more diverse community of hackers who want to do other things with it. Relatively speaking, it's probably not a huge community, but it's probably not a bad thing for them at any rate. Uh, and uh, and so there's a very large number of different kinds of packages and tools you can load onto this router, and so the the basic way this works is you uh, you take the standard router, you connect to it through the web interface, and then using one of a, a number of different kinds of tricks, you essentially reprogram the router to load a new set of software. And one of the basic uh, ways of doing that is to use the mechanism that's already built into the router for upgrading the firmware, but rather than upgrading it with the next you know updated version of what Linksys provides to you, you update it with a completely different set of software that you've put together all by yourself. So these alternative sets of software for the Linksys router are known as distributions. That means means they're a combination of an operating system and a lot of different individual little programs. So it's the same kind of idea of a Linux distribution that you might install on a typical desktop computer to turn it into a Linux computer and there's several of these different distributions they have names like openwrt and ddwrt Uh, and there's a whole sort of interesting community of developers who put together different packages different combinations of software for these routers including at least one commercial entity that puts together these things and then sells them and that's a very highly controversial activity because the linux community feels that that if you're doing this, since you're using public domain software, you have to open up the, the stuff that you're selling and this particular company doesn't completely open it up and they're subject of a huge ongoing and occasionally nasty and occasionally amusing debate between the different components of the Linux development community. At any rate, um, you can download something like DDWRT, that's one of the fairly nice distributions, and stick that onto your router and thus customize the router to become a completely personalized Linux box. And once you do that, you still have access typically to the web interface of the router, which allows you to configure it and use it as a normal wireless router. That means that basically allows your computers in your home to connect to it wirelessly and get on the internet. You can load specialized plugins and you can load completely new software. And the advantage of loading your own software into the router is that you can do much more than was originally anticipated by Linksys when they made the box. And uh, the things you can do include scheduling activities as a function of the time of day. So for example, at a certain time of day, you can arrange it so that the router will prioritize certain kinds of traffic. So if you're doing Skype or voice over IP at a certain time, then the router may give those very high priorities And say in the evening when you're expecting to be making calls. Um, you might be able you can uh, using the built-in tools that are in some of these distributions you can do things like schedule certain ports to be blocked at a given time of day so for example uh, with DDWRT there's very easy to use tools that let you for example block World of Warcraft so that it can't be used between for example 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. that kind of schedule based control of traffic flow control is built into some of these distributions other distributions include tools for using your router directly as a telephone interface box. So your, your router itself will do voice over IP. There are uh, tools for doing extra encryption on top of all of the traffic going back and forth across the internet from your router. Not just encrypting the traffic, the wireless traffic from your laptop to the router, but all the traffic from the router out into the world can be encrypted for some in some way uh, that you choose uh, based on the software you install. Uh, Typically, this is some sort of VLAN software, as it's called, uh, which sets up a privileged uh, encrypted communication link between your router and some other place in the world. Um, There are tools for, in fact, serving web pages from your router, so your router itself can be a little tiny web server that serves as a front end. There are tools for turning the router into a kind of front end for a coffee shop style access point where If you connect to it, it presents some sort of logo screen, and then it may ask you to log in, or present some sort of information about who you are, or even collect money, and then uh, give people access to the internet only as a function of having done that. And then perhaps the most cool class of things are things where you use the router not just as a normal wireless router, but as uh, a box for doing other kinds of generic computations. So for example, you can load software into the router that rather than use it as a access point, uses it as a wireless sniffer, and that typical software for that is called Kismet. And what Kismet does is it doesn't serve connections to the wireless router, but rather it listens to wireless traffic in its vicinity and reports back on it and so for example this is sometimes used as an intrusion detection system so it is you leave this thing running, kismet running on the router box and uh, it listens for other kinds of traffic in the vicinity who's getting on the internet, what wireless uh, boxes are there, what laptops are there and if it detects anomalous that is suspicious activity for example somebody somebody trying to hack into one of your wireless devices then it'll set off some sort of alarm which can range from an audio alarm to uh, sending of email to visiting web pages automatically to all kinds of things like that Um, Other kinds of things you can do are load software in that monitors your usage and so it can compute monthly, daily, weekly totals of how much bandwidth is being used how much bandwidth is being used by particular laptops, uh, perhaps particular laptops at particular times of day using particular ports on the internet. All these kinds of packages and tools are already pre-compiled and put into these distributions. Mm -hmm. And almost all of the distributions also include the really cool ability to dynamically add additional packages to them. In uh, traditional Linux desktops, that's sometimes known as an RPM or a packaging system, uh, and uh, and this one, uh, the, use, the ones used in these systems are all derivatives of the desktop systems. And so you can, in a very straightforward way, say, "Gee, there's a package out there that somebody's already made up for doing." Uh, running computer games on the router itself or turning it into a web server and so I want to update or upload or bring in that package over the internet and it all does it pretty much automatically through either a uh, a command-line interface or through a web-based interface Um, and of course the other kinds of functionality uh, that you would find on a Linux desktop is almost all out there that to be running on, on this router, with the caveat that the router itself has a very weak and essentially underpowered CPU, that's why they can sell it for only 50 to $70. And so you can't expect it to do miracles in terms of its computational ability or in terms of the amount of space available on the thing to, for storing large files. Once you've done all this with your router, Uh, One of the nice things you can do is you can then log into the router using Telnet or SSH. You can enable one or the other of those or neither. Those are, are both programs that provide access to a Linux system through an Ethernet connection. One of the little things to watch out for in doing this hack of the Linksys WRT router is that if at the time that you're downloading the basic core firmware the kernel of the operating system, uh, there's a power failure or some interruption in the communications, then you may load a set of firmware which is somehow damaged because the, the the firmware download doesn't complete. And in that case, it becomes impossible to reboot the router into either the old firmware, which is now partially erased, or the new firmware, which would have been incompletely loaded. And so the router becomes unusable at that point. Uh, and because these things have roughly the size and shape of a brick, it, referred to as bricking your router. Um, So this has never happened to me, despite the fact that I've done this a number of times. Bricking your router is relatively hard to achieve because it only happens if you download a bad install of the software that is some sort of defective Linux uh, installation, or somebody unplugs the router, for example, by tripping over the power cable during the three to five minutes it takes to download a completely new distribution into the router. So bricking it is fairly uh, unlikely. If that does happen, there's a very low level of bootstrap firmware in there that one never overwrites, and it is possible to recover the router even from this bricked state by a complicated procedure where you have to hold down certain buttons for a certain amount of time and, and initiate things all at the right moment and I've tried this and it works and it's not really all that hard to do but it is kind of a second order of complication one that thankfully most people never have to engage in uh, there's a lot of discussion of it out on the internet you think that it happens all the time and I think the main reason for that is when somebody does brick their router and if they don't find the information on how to fix it... ...a lot of noise about it Well, the successful people are just quiet A super important note is that there are several variations of the actual hardware for the Linux, uh, the Linksys WRT54G router which is the subject of this hack and in fact there are routers made by other companies, other competing companies, that have essentially the same kind of hardware that can also be used for the same hack. Um, It's important to know which version of the hardware you have because some are better than others, some have more memory, some have less memory. Uh, By and large, the older ones are all great for this kind of hack and uh, the newest ones are not always appropriate. If you want to find out about that, uh, a very good and complete listing of that can be found at Wikipedia, wikipedia wikipedia.com where you look for the page on the WRT54G and there's a detailed map of how different serial numbers of the router which are on the outside of the box when you buy it correspond to different configurations of the hardware. Uh, The bottom line is you want one with more memory and you want one that's based on Linux. And if you really want the most absolutely reliable way of guaranteeing that without looking at any serial numbers at all, you can get the WRT54GL L at the end of the name for Linux and that's made by Linksys specifically due to appeals from the Linux hacker community that want a box that can be hacked in this way and so they've catered specifically to that, and then if you get the WRT-54GL you don't have to bother worrying about whether it's going to work, whether it's going to be compatible or not with any serial numbers. The problem is that the GL model, because it's kind of hacker specific, is a little harder to find. You don't usually find it on the store shelves at Best Buy, and you may have to order it online, for example, through Amazon.com. Anyhow, that's the quick hack of the Linux based router. Uh, Pretty easy to do. It's uh, one of the coolest home electronic devices that can be sort of taken over and and turned into a web server, into all sorts of other neat devices. Um, It's a really cool hack. It's really quite practical. It adds lots of neat new features to this box, many of which are very useful. Um, It's not just a kind of interesting conceptual hack, but it really gives you a huge value. Pretty much you get a value of a multi-hundred dollar uh, wireless router box from this cheap consumer device Um, so it's a really cool thing to do and try and you should definitely go for it and in fact in the odd event that they stop making these Linux compatible boxes uh, because they're not getting sold enough I'd recommend that you go out and buy one of these uh, things, maybe a couple of them as soon as possible uh, because it's uh, just so incredibly handy. As far as hacks go this one's particularly nice because it's kind of what I might call a graded hack in the sense that there's a very easy level of modifying the firmware which you can get into, which gives the box some nice new functionality without an awful lot of scary use of funny configuration parameters and major hacker knowledge. On the other hand, it is a Linux based uh, trick, and so you can sort of employ and learn more and more Linux savvy knowledge. DDWRT is one of the nice, easy, very ready to go kind of packages, that uh, distributions that make it all run very easily. OpenWRT is much more complicated and has a lot more uh, fancy stuff, much more learning curve tied into it. Um, You can try one, you can try the other. Um, It's a good thing to try. I recommend starting off with DDWRT because it's very powerful and it's quite easy to get up and going, and then maybe progressing on to OpenWRT if you want more functionality or you want to be able to build your own code from scratch. Even if you don't do that, though, it's well, well worth it.